you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open to John chapter 8, verse 12, which Ethan has already read for us this morning as we were preparing our hearts to hear from the Lord today in His Holy Word. As you make your way there, I want to I share a story with you. Um, I, actually, more of an experience, okay? So, and I think everybody in this room has had maybe, possibly, an experience like this before in your life. Originally, I was writing about the experience, and then God in His sovereignty decided to give me one after I had already written my sermon. So now I have a message, or not a message, I have an experience to share with you, all right? So two nights ago, on Friday, we had just got done with vacation Bible school. Um, I went home, I had Lincoln, he wasn't feeling good, so we put him down, and I was like, oh, uh, Katie took the big three to go watch a movie. And I'm like, I'm going to give me a quick workout in. So I got a workout in while Lincoln was taking a nap. And, uh, and that night, I, I got really hungry. You ever been hungry? And I needed a midnight snack. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Like, a, you, you get hungry and it's, it's dark in the house. So anybody ever experienced that moment where your house was pitch black dark, right? So what do you do in a pitch black dark house? Well, you don't want to wake everybody up, right? So you don't want to wake your spouse laying there next to you. You definitely don't want to wake any kids up. Because you wake kids up at midnight, they ain't going back to bed till like 5 a.m., right? So, so you do what maybe you've all had this experience before. So you sneak your way throughout the house in the dark. So I got in there, and I got me my midnight snack. And I don't, I'm not quite sure if Katie was totally asleep yet, but she was definitely close. You know what I'm talking about? So I come walking into the, to the dark bedroom. And I think I know where I am in relation to the furniture in the, in the house. Like, I think I know roughly where I am. And so I have my plate of food, and I'm sneaking my way in there, and I turn. But I turned a little too sharp, all right? Because when I went to take my next step to go to my side of the bed, I hit my toe on the edge of our big wooden sleigh bed. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. That wood is real wood, because it damaged my toe, and I hit my toe, and I fell over onto the bed. Katie's awake at this point, almost spilled my, my, my food, and I collapsed. And let's just, let's just put it this way. You ever had an experience by that? Let's put it this way. It's hard to find your way around in the dark, isn't it? Because you hurt yourself. You get hurt. You hurt others. I mean, I fell on Katie. Poor lady's trying to, trying to fall asleep. She's tired from a long day. And then here comes Jeremy just diving on top of her with a probably broken toe. Are you okay, honey? But see, let me, let, me, let me relay this to our lives. You see, without Christ, I think many people are walking throughout life just like I was walking in the middle of the night. They're walking through life with darkness. They're walking through life trying to just feel their way around life. And in the end, what ends up happening is they get hurt, broken, and they hurt others along the way. Can you relate? It's hard to walk around in the darkness, isn't it? And, and Jesus in this text, especially at the very beginning in verse 12, which is kind of the, the central theme for all the rest of the verses following after it, he says this to the people, to the Jews, to the Pharisees, after the feast, he says, I am the light of the world. But now, well, here's what happens, right? So, so how many of you, how many of you would agree Let's do some interactive church this morning. How many of you would agree and believe that Jesus is the light of the world? Raise your hand. Okay, good. All right, put your hands down. Next question. How many of you act like it? Oh, 
You see, here's what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful that not only do I think people in the world are walking around in the darkness, but sometimes I think we as believers, like we'll, we'll make a statement that says, I, I, I know that Jesus is the light of the world, but sometimes we walk as if we're walking in a dark room. You see, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He doesn't say I'm the light of just Sunday morning. You see, for the believer, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and you believe in Jesus as the light of the world, he, affect, he affects your every morning. Jesus lights up all aspects of your life. He lights up what you do with your life. He lights up for you young people. He lights up where you're going to do, where he's going to take you for your career. He even is going to light up where he's going to take you for what you're going to do after high school, where you're going to go to the military, or you're going to get a trade, or where you're going to go to college. For us as, us as married people, right, like Jesus lights up our marriages in a good way. <laughs> Jesus lights up the way that we parent. Jesus lights up the way that we, have, that we do our finances. Jesus lights up every aspect of our life. And that's what Jesus says right after he talks about verse 12. Look what he says. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. Whoever what? Follows me, he says, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, Jesus as the light of the world not only saves you from sin, he saves you to stop sinning. That's how come he's the light in our life. We don't walk in darkness anymore. We walk in his ways. We are guided by his word. We are guided by his spirit. We are guided by, by praying to God. We are, we are guided by the way that we interact with one another in fellowship called the church. But here's what I'm afraid of, brothers and sisters. I'm afraid that more people in our pews say, I believe that Jesus is the light of the world, but when they look at their lives, they don't see Jesus as the light of their life. Can I, can I offer you this morning that we don't serve a God who is distant from us? Jesus says, when I leave, I am sending my helper to fill you. The Holy Spirit is going to come in you. We don't serve a God who is distant. We serve a God who dwells within us every single day of our lives, and he wants to light up your world this morning. Do you see that? He says this, whoever walks in darkness. So I want, to, I want to show you two implications about Jesus being the light of the world for us today as believers and for the world today around us, okay? So we're going to look at the, the severity of this statement. So first off, we have to understand what Jesus means when he says that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. This word, this word darkness, right, I think what he's going to come to for us is he's going to explain what darkness is. So look over to verse 21, this is how we know what darkness, what living or walking in darkness is. Jesus said to them, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your what? Sin. So if you had to associate darkness with something, what would you associate it with in this text? Sin. Jesus says, whoever follows me is not going to walk in darkness, which means you are not going to walk in sin. You're going to turn from sin. You're going to walk in the light of life. Look what he says next in verse 23. He says, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your what? Sins. That's plural that time. Here it is. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your 
sins. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You will not walk in sin, and you will not try to walk in your sinfulness because he will put something else in you. Look what happens here. Jesus says in verse 12, whoever follows me will have the what? Light of life. Isn't that amazing? Jesus doesn't just say, follow me and figure it out. He says, follow me and I'm going to light you up. You're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to walk in my marvelous light. So here's the first implication for us today from this text. The first implication is this. Jesus was sent by the Father to save us from our sin, to save us from our darkness. Look what he says here. So the Pharisees, they get, these are the religious leaders. These are the religious folks of their day. And the religious people, they get a little bit concerned about what Jesus has just said. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me, you don't walk in darkness. You're going to have the light of life. And so the Pharisees are going to try to get him here. Because in, in Pharisee world, right? I'm just going to call it Pharisee world. It's just simple to call it that way. All right? But in Pharisee world, uh, they understood that there was testimonies that you had to give. You couldn't just give a testimony You had to have a testimony with witnesses. You had to have two or three witnesses for a statement to be declared true. And that's what we see in verse 17 when Jesus responds back to them. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. And so they try to get Jesus here. I find this very funny, don't you? That the religious Pharisees are trying to get the Son of God. Come on, that's humorous. John has a little, you should laugh at that. That's pretty funny. All right? And so the Pharisees say to Jesus... You're you're bearing witness about yourself, so therefore your testimony is not what? True. So Jesus Jesus has actually made a statement in chapter 5, verse 31, where he says, I don't come testifying about myself, because if I came testifying about myself, then my message would no longer be what? True. And so they get him like, oh, you just testified to yourself. You just said that you are the light of the world, and there's no other testimony out there. And so Jesus turns to them in uh, verse... uh, Uh, Verse 14 says, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. Verse 18, I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him then, who is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also, here's the point. Jesus says that I'm coming bearing a testimony of the one who sent me and his, his, my Father in heaven. I'm coming because I can even actually give you my testimony on my own because I am the one who is not of this world, as he said. I came down from another. I came down from heaven to earth. And the reason, here's the point, the reason Jesus came down from heaven to earth was to save us from our darkness, was to save us from our sinfulness. Now, now they don't get it. Look what Jesus says to them, verse 15. He, he makes a distinction between judgment. Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh. I judge who? No one. Isn't that amazing? How does Jesus not judge? Because here's the reality. The Pharisees were judging according to their earthly standards, and Jesus has every right to, to judge according to his kingly standards, doesn't he? He is allowed to be the judge of us. But Jesus says, I come not to judge. Why did he come not to judge? How did he come not to judge? Look over at verse 28. Jesus says to them, 
when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. You know what that means when Jesus says, you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He? He's talking about when Jesus goes to the cross. Do you know why we are not judged as believers? Because Jesus was judged for our sin. <gasps> Whoa. Jesus took our place. Jesus was judged by God the Father for our sinfulness. And that's why he says, I am the light of the world. If you believe in me, you are no longer condemned and judged because I took care of it on the cross when they lifted me up. You see that? Now, Jesus does have another point here, though, that he wants to make to us this morning. Verse 16. Yet even if I do judge, he says, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Here's the point, guys. Listen. Jesus came to save us from our darkness in order to light up our world. So here's what happened, right? So think of it in terms of, remember I stubbed my toe on Friday? Okay, so I stubbed my toe on Friday on that sleigh bed. I fell down. What do you think the first thing I went and did was? Bingo! That's my man Kenneth right there in the front. I turned on the light. And let me tell you something. I, had a little, I have a little lamp shed, a little lamp next to our bed. When I, when I turned that little bitty lamp on, guess what the light did to my dark room? It, it changed my world. It literally changed my world. Why did it change my world? I could finally see so I could actually look down to see if my toe was straight or not. I could actually see the world around me for the way that it was, it was that it's the way that it is, the way that it looks. I could actually, I went from being blind to now being able to what? See, that's what Jesus says here. The reason that I'm not gonna judge you is I came to save you and turn your light on. Turn the light on of your life. I, I came to, to turn it on. Now, how do we get the light to be turned on? He says it right here in verse 24. You will die in your sins for unless you what? Believe. The moment you believe in Jesus as the light of the world, he turns the light on in your life and the darkness begins to go away. Do you see the point? That's how Jesus saves us from our sin and saves us to live for him. Here's the point. When you believe in Jesus as the light of the world, when you believe of Jesus, he removes the darkness and replaces it with his marvelous light. Somebody should have said amen right there. Amen. Thank you. He removes the darkness and replaces it with his marvelous light. And you begin to live in light of that light. You begin to live out the light of life that lives in you. You see that? So let me give it to you this way. I have an example for you because sometimes we, we kind of get this kind of mixed up and confused. So uh, I like to read a guy. His name is Augustine. All right, some, some different, uh, different uh, religious beliefs, they, they call him Saint Augustine, all right? Saint Augustine lived in 354 AD. That's when he was born, 354. There was no thousand in front of it at that point, okay? It was a long, long, long time ago. That was even way before the Reformation where we are today. And so Augustine lived, and Augustine didn't come to see the light of the world until he was 31 years old. So let me tell you a little bit about his life before he met Jesus. Are you ready? When he was 17 years old, he had a mistress. 
All right, he is having an affair with a lady at 17 years old. And if you, when you read his confessions, he really loved this woman, right? Um, and so his mom got really mad at him for it. Because this lady, particular lady, I think, uh, number one, she wasn't in the same class as him. And so his mom said, I need you to marry a woman in our class. Like in the same class. They were in the Roman Empire time period. So I need, need you to marry somebody kind of on our socioeconomic level. And so his, he said, fine. So he breaks it off with this, with this uh, woman. And um, his mom goes and arranges a marriage for him. And he, the marriage is, uh, he's going to be married to a 10-year-old. 10-year-old girl. Now, okay, hold on a second. This is way back in the day. This is not the day that we live in today, okay? This young girl wasn't old enough to get married yet, so they were going to have a two-year engagement because by that time, when a, when a girl turned 12, she became a woman, and now he was able to marry this particular girl that his mom had arranged for him to marry, all right? And so he's like, okay, I'm going to marry this girl. So what does he do in that two-year time period when he's awaiting for this girl to turn 12? He gets a girlfriend. Why not? right? Gets him a girlfriend. And so he has a girlfriend, and, and he's, living the, he's living this light. The darkness of his heart is living out the, the darkness within his heart, right? So he's living out of the sin he knows, the sins of his life. And, and, and so Augustine, um, he, he had this, he, he didn't like the idea of marriage. He says, I don't like the idea of marriage because I, I'm a slave to my lust. That's what he said, right? He, 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 lived, he loved to live out of the darkness that was inside of his soul. One day, when he was 31 years old, he picked up the New Testament. He began to read the Bible. He started in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 15, uh, 12, chapter 12 through chapter 15. And he began to realize in that moment, the Holy Spirit began to open the darkness and the light began to shine in. The light began to shine in in such a way that he began to realize that this is what Jesus does to people. He began to realize that he should be judged by God. In fact, before he met Jesus, he used to pray this prayer. He used to say, Lord, grant me chastity, or that means to be sexually pure, but not yet. And then finally, in Romans chapter 12, verses, uh, Romans 12 through 15, he began to read the word of God, and the word of God began to put light on the sin in his heart. He began to realize that he was a sinner, indeed condemned to be judged by God, but in, in that moment of reading Romans 12 through 15, in that moment, his eyes were open, and he saw Jesus, who says, I am the light of the world, and his life changed. Because the light of life came into him. He didn't marry that young girl. In fact, he became a monk, a celibate monk throughout the rest of his days. And he wrote some of the greatest works that we still read today, that still influence us in our thinking about God and our theology today. One of his great works is called The Confessions. Another great work is called The City of God. And they will, they will eat your soul up as you read them because they're really powerful works from him. Well, how did that happen? How did, he going from, how did he go from being sinner Augustine to Saint Augustine? It all, became, it all happened because he met the light of the world and the light of the world began to shine in his life and shine out of his life to the world around him. Do you see the difference? Do you see what happened? That's why Jesus says, you won't walk in darkness. Whoever follows you won't walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's be honest with ourselves today though, Christian. We struggle with sin too, don't we? Have any of you ever prayed a prayer like that? Maybe not like, hey, Lord, keep me from sexual impurity, but just not today. But maybe some of you have, have prayed uh, something similar to this, like, you know what, God, I know I should forgive, but I'm not ready to. Lord, I know I shouldn't talk like that, but, but I really want to for just a little bit longer. 
God, I know that I, I shouldn't act this way towards this particular person, but just give, me, just give me a little more time to let me do it. Anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand. Let's don't do interactive church right now, but does anybody, has anybody ever prayed something like that, similar to that before? See, Jesus says this. Jesus says, no, I relieved you from judgment in order to revive you to live the light out of you. Our lives should be changed like Augustine when we believe in the light of the, in the, light of the world. Our sins are open, are going away, and our darkness is exposed and revealed, and now we begin to live that light out in front of others. This is what that means. Listen, I think we have messed it up as, as believers in America because we think, we think in our minds, like we're, we're, we almost live like in a hopeless despair. Like, well, I have this sin in my life. I guess there's nothing I can do about it. Wrong. Jesus says, I'm giving you the light of life, which means through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome it. Do you hear that? You can overcome your gossip. You can overcome your lusts. You can overcome your greed. You can overcome your pride. You can overcome your idolatry because when you believe in Jesus, he says no longer will you walk in darkness, but you will now walk in the light of life. He wants to light up your world this morning. Jesus says, I don't judge, I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true for it is not I alone who judge but I and the Father who sent me. This is the point here. The point is that Jesus came to free you, but if you don't believe in him, he will judge you. Jesus came to free you, but if you don't believe in him, he will judge you. Look what he says to them again in verse uh, 21. I'm going away and you will, not, you will seek me and you will, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. They didn't know where he was going. They were confused. So he says to them again, you are from below. I am from above. Verse 23, you are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you what? Believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So Jesus came not to judge but since he came, for those who don't believe in him, they will be judged. And today, Jesus wants to move all of us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But he doesn't just want to move you out of darkness into light. He wants you to live in that light. He wants to light up your world. Here's the second truth, the second implication that we see from this text. It's not only does Jesus want to light up your world, but he wants to use you. Jesus wants to let your light shine through you to the world around you. Look what happens. Jesus is a model for us here, okay? In verse 24, he says, I told you that you would die in your sins. Unless you believe that I'm he, you will die in your sins. So they said to Jesus, who are you? He said to them, what I've been telling you from the beginning, what I've been telling you from the start of my ministry, what John has been telling us from the very beginning of the foundations of the, of the earth, Jesus came to save us from our sins. And so Jesus says in verse 26, I have much to say about you and much to judge but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world, who does he declare it to? The world. So Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And as the light of the world, he's going to declare his light to thee. To thee. Okay, good. What I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, here's the cross, then you will know that I am he, 
and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Here's, the, here's what we see. Jesus is a, is a model for us here. You see, we know people in our lives who don't believe, don't we? Do you know people in your life right now who are stuffed in darkness, who are feeling their way through life, who are falling down and tripping over themselves and hurting? Do you know people that are living in darkness? Jesus came and said, I came to bring the light into the world so that they would believe. Well, how do they believe? Jesus shows us right here in verse 26. I declare it to the what? The world. So what are we supposed to do as believers? If Jesus declared himself to the world, what are we supposed to do as believers? Declare Jesus to the world. Now look what else he says. He says this in verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. By the way, God does not leave you alone. For I always do the things that are what? Pleasing to him. Even Jesus was obedient to the Father, please the Father even going to the cross for our sins. So Jesus is a model for us. So what does that mean? That we're, our lives are supposed to be to God. Pleasing. That's why, I, that's why when you hear me pray, I always pray, I, would you, I pray that this service would be a fragrant aroma to your throne of grace. That our worship of you at, at New Hope is, is, a, is pleasing to you, God. That my life, every single morning I wake up, it is, is a life filled with pleasing you, God. Every single moment when I'm throughout my day, my life is designed to be what? Pleasing to you, God. Why? Because if your light is in me, I want it to shine to all of them. So we declare it and we live it to the world around us. Now there's two areas I think that, that this really applies to our lives. The first area is that if Jesus is the light of the world, that he impacts the way that we do church. He impacts the way that we do church. Listen to what John says in one of his letters. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Did you know that the light in you is caused to come and get stronger with the lights of others in them? The church is designed to build each other up, to fellowship each other, to encourage each other, to convict one another, to exhort one another in order to kindle the light in us to make it brighter and brighter for the world to see. The church is not a place that we come just to get our Sunday morning worship on. The place is where we come to get our Jesus light groomed and grown and take it where? To the community as we declare and as we live it out amongst them. That's the second portion of this that impacts us. The light of Jesus in us impacts the community around us. Do you remember what Jesus said when he was on, at the Sermon on the Mount about light? I'm sure you do. You've all probably heard this many times. He said this, you are the light of the world. As disciples, we reflect the light of Christ to the world around us. We declare him to the world around us. We tell others to go from darkness into light by believing in the one who says, I am the light of the world. We live our lives in such a way that people around us go, why are you so different? Well, let me tell you about the light in me, and his name is Jesus. Do you see that? It affects our community. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, I want you to understand something. 
Jesus is the source of our living. If he's the light of the world, then he is the source. So think of it in terms of the stars, or let's think of it in terms of the sun and the moon. All right, so the sun is the source of what? Light, right? What does the moon do? The moon reflects the light to the world. All right, so in that analogy, so and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Jesus would be the sun. We are the what? The moon. And so when you believe in Jesus, his light reflects off of you to the what? To the world. So you're not the source of power, are you? Who's the source of power? Jesus is the power. That's why he says, as the power, as the light source, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the what? Light of life. So here's my question for you this morning. Has Jesus, number one, lit up your world? Number two, has Jesus lit up our fellowship here? And everything we do is surrounded by the, this truth that Jesus is the light of the world. And number three, are we letting our little light shine to the world around us? Because we are reflecting what Jesus has done in us. This is what I want us to do. I'm going to ask you in just a few moments. This is how we're going to respond today. We're going we're to turn off some lights in here as best we can. Hit my lights, boys. This is how we're going to respond. Ooh, yeah, that's good, right? No, turn them all the way off. Like, make it, make it pitch black in here. You don't have to get up, and we don't want you to stub your toes. You see, this is what the world looks like in its darkness. This is what, you would, you, this is what people who, who don't believe in Jesus, this is what their world looks like as they try to fumble their way through life. And then Jesus came one day, and, and he says in this text, uh, he says in this text specifically, Jesus came and says, I am the light of the world. And whoever believes in me, you're going to be what? You're going to have the light of life. So here's what I want us to do today. If, you, if you're capable, get your, get your cell phone out. I know this is weird. Get your cell phone out in church. We are not gonna make, we're not going to pretend like you're texting or anything. Just get your, get your cell phone out. Turn on your light if you know how to turn on your light. If you don't know how to turn on your light, just use your screen light. Ooh, there's some big lights coming out there from the back. All right? If you don't have a phone that has a life, just put your little light in the air. You remember this? You remember the, uh, this little light of mine? If you don't have a phone, just put that little light in the air. And this is what I want us to do. I want us to show this today. Oh, that's good. Well, y'all are lighting it. Whoa! Boy, all y'all got up about the same time. You see, Jesus says, I came to save the world from darkness. Not to judge it, but to save it. So this morning, if, if, today's you, if today you, are, you know that you have the light in you, if today you know that Jesus lives in you, and today you know you're living that light out, I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment. Think about it for a moment. Do you have the light in you? So everybody stand up right now with your lights in the air. Don't turn your light off. If you don't have your cell phone, you put your finger up. Make that little light of mine shine. Here's what I want to do, because I can see you and you can't really see me. If today's the day you say, Jeremy, I have the light in me, but I just recognize that I haven't been living that light out. Would you pray for me this week? I want you just to simply wiggle your, you, nobody can see you, just wiggle that light. All right, good, I see you all. Say, Jeremy, I, I, I've separated the light 
from my life, and I want to live that light out. Just shake your, shake your phone. All right, everybody stop. I got you. Go keep your phones up. Don't put them down. Don't let that light go down. We don't hide it under a bushel, no. Today is the day. Today, if you've, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you say, today I want that light, Jeremy, that you're talking about. Today I want to believe. Today I want to have my darkness. I want to have my world lit up from the darkness because of Jesus. I simply want you to just turn your phone like this and I'll, I'll look for you. Today, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and say, today I want him to light up my life, just shake your phone or your finger. I'm seeing it, okay? All right. Here's what we're going to do. Don't, don't, don't wear your arms out. If you have to bend it down, bend it down. If one of you, if you made that statement today, if you responded by shaking your phone, what I want you to do this week is I want you to call me, call our office, call my cell phone, or send me an email, and I want to sit down with you this week and talk about your next steps or pray for you. I saw a lot shaking uh, during the separation phase. I'm going to pray for you specifically as I saw who shook their phones. But if you need to talk this week, I'm here to openly talk to you about what it means to accept Jesus as the light of the world, but I'm also here to pray for you as you let your light shine. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing. And we're going to hold our lights in the air as Ethan leads us in a song. All right? As Ethan leads us to sing, we're going to let our light shine for just this few chorus of a moment. And this is what we're going to go do today. As soon as we leave this sanctuary, I'm praying that every single New Hoper would walk out of this sanctuary and let your light shine to point people to the light of the world and his name is Jesus. Good? And that'll be the way that we close today. Ethan. Hi. I'm Pastor Jeremy of New Hope Baptist Church. I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this proclamation of God's Word here at New Hope Baptist Church. I pray that you found it both encouraging and equipping for you, wherever you may be. But I also want you to know that the good news of Jesus Christ is for you too. And if you have ever an opportunity where you need to talk more about what it means to place your faith in Jesus, you can call us at the church office or you can get in contact with your local church right there wherever you live. And we just pray that God would use this as an, another opportunity and resource to grow His kingdom and glorify His name. Thanks.